Welcome to this week's podcast from Capital Church's Young Adult Service. We hope this message encourages you, and thank you for joining us. It's hard for me to imagine him being older than six months old and, and, and not being, you know, this adorable little age. But it'd be weird if he stayed six months old and only did what six-month-olds do, like rolling over. I mean, at some point he needs to sit. At some point, he needs to stand and crawl and walk and run and talk and all these things. Isn't it just like us, though, how God desires that we continue to grow? And that's what community and church curates is growth. And so for me, my heart and my mission for the next several weeks, I think as, as we get ready for camp, winter retreat, who's excited about winter retreat, what God's going to do there, what I want to hopefully help through the voice of the Holy Spirit and the help of the Holy Spirit is I want to talk about what I think is crucial for us in this ability to grow, which is to learn how to hear the voice of God. I want to know his voice. Do you want to know his voice? Who, who thinks in this life you're going to need some wisdom from God? Some point in your life, you're going to need God to direct your steps. Thank you, Proverbs. At some point, you're gonna need God to make something clear, right? Yeah. Some point, you're gonna, come in a, you're gonna come to a fork in the road, right? And you're gonna need to go, should I go right or should I go left? At some point, if not every single day, you need to hear, I need to hear, we need to hear the voice of God. And so I wanna talk about for, I don't know, maybe two weeks, three weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, two years, I don't know. I don't think this message could ever get old. But I wanna talk about learning to hear God's voice. Who would be honest in this room and say, I need to learn how to hear God's voice? Like, I, I, I know it, but, but I could grow in it. I know I can. I mean, even coming here in the car, praying, I was like, God, help me to hear you clearer so that I can speak more efficiently and effectively to the people that you have entrusted us to lead. And so tonight, we're gonna talk about learning to hear the voice of God. Are you ready? Are you ready, ready? Are you so ready that, you, that God could speak to you and you might actually hear it tonight and then hearing it might require you to do something that you never intended to do? Who's that ready? Who's that ready? All right, if you're ready, come on, let's pray and we're gonna believe that God's gonna do something amazing tonight, amen? amen. Jesus, we thank you for just who you are. But above anything else, and I believe it and I really truly mean this with all my heart, Jesus, it's you that we come to worship and magnify. You are the king forever. You are the one who has rescued us and redeemed us. You are the one that has given us life everlasting. And Jesus, it is you that we long to know more. It is you that we desire to have a closer and closer relationship with. And Jesus, tonight, it is you that we, we magnify and we glorify. God, as I, I pray as we magnify you, as we glorify you, as we worship you tonight, Lord, I pray that you'd be ever so close. Lord, that your voice would be clear, that your, your presence would be near, and, and you would encounter us in, in special ways tonight, in new ways, in fresh ways, even as we, as we sang, Lord, fresh, fresh wind of the Holy Spirit would come tonight. 
Lord, you'd, 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 you'd stir up, Lord, even uh, dead things in our hearts and our lives. God, I pray, Lord, that you would, uh, you would breathe on dry bones and you would cause dead things to be resurrected. And Jesus, I thank you that you would be the one who would rule and reign in this place tonight. So whatever you wanna do and whatever you wanna say and however you wanna move, God, we thank you that it is your church and your night. And we thank you that these are your people that you love with an everlasting love. And so Jesus, I just pray that you would do exactly what you wanna do through this service. And we honor you. We honor you through the preaching of the word. We honor you through prayer. We honor you through worship. We honor you through giving. We honor you. We honor you. We honor you. We honor you tonight because you rule and reign, King Jesus. In Jesus' name, if you believe it, you can say amen. Amen. Psalm 33, if you want to go there with me tonight, I'm just going to read a few scriptures. I hope not to preach too long, and I appreciate the clock in the back because that'll keep me on track, because I really do want to give space for the Holy Spirit to speak and to move and to do whatever he wants to do, because I think if we're going to talk about hearing about God, we're going to preach about it, I, I, want, to, I want to see God move in it too. And so I don't want to take too long, but I do feel like we got to send a foundation here about if we really do want to learn how to hear God's voice. And who's with me? Don't, don't, don't raise your hand because your neighbor did or because you're with someone and you want to embrace them. Uh, raise your hand because you really want to learn how to hear God's voice. I want to know his voice ever so clear. So Psalm 33 is, is a random text to some people to think this is what we're going to talk about uh, or you're going to use when, when, when discussing and talking about hearing from God. But it's powerful that we have or important that we have the foundation to what it means that God speaks and how we hear. It says this in Psalm 33. The psalmist says, shout for joy in the Lord. O you righteous Praise befits the upright. That's a good, that could, that'd be a good song, Ivan, wouldn't it? You should write a song. It's just it's verse one. I love that. Shout for joy in the Lord, O ye righteous. Praise befits the upright. Praise looks good on you, by the way. That's what it's saying. Verse two. Give thanks to the Lord with the lyre. Make melody to him with the harp of 10 strings. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully. Uh, play skillfully on the strings with loud shouts. For the word of the Lord is upright and all his work is done in faithfulness. He loves righteousness and justice. God loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. I love this verse, verse six. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made and by the breath of his mouth, all their host. He gathers the waters of the sea as a heap. He puts the deeps in storehouses. That's a cool, come on, you guys, just read the Bible. It's like crazy good. You, you, you read all these other books and watch these movies and who am I, I'm talking to the wrong crowd. You get on Instagram and you, and TikTok. <laughs> better crowd, better crowd, right? Is that more, is it, am I speaking your language now? And you, you know, you're like, get into these TikToks and you do all these things, but come on, you just read this. Like he puts the deeps in storehouses. Like that's just cool. I don't even fully know what it means, but it sounds amazing, right? Because God is just so big and infinite and powerful that he just puts deeps in storehouses. Um, I lost where I am because I'm just so blown away by that. 
I'm gonna have to follow this now. Verse eight, let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. Verse nine, for he spoke and it came to be. For he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. Verse 10, the Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He frustrates the plans of the peoples. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart to all generations. Not just your mom, not your grandma, not your granddad, but you too. You're included in all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen as his inheritance or his heritage. The Lord looks down from heaven. He sees all the children of man. Not one of you is forsaken or forgotten by God. God looks down from heaven. And he's like, I see him. I see him. I see him. I see him. I love him. Verse 14, from where he sits enthroned, he looks out on the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions the hearts of them and all who observe all their deeds. The king is not saved by his great army. A warrior is not delivered by his great strength. The war horse is a false hope for salvation and by its great might, it cannot rescue. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his steadfast love that he may deliver their soul from the death and keep them alive in famine. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and he is our shield. For our, our heart is glad in him because we trust in his holy name. Verse 22, let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us even as we hope in you. Come on, just memorize Psalm 33. Or just, if, you, if you're having a rough morning and you wake up on the wrong side of the bed, just go read Psalm 33 and get yourself full of faith. But here's the thing about Psalm 33. This is why we're gonna use it. Is, and as we are, we're gonna discover this and we're going to hopefully uh, uh, spend a few weeks really trying to understand what it means to understand God's voice, how to hear God's voice clear, how to walk in that. Because here's, here's the catch 22. God will speak and then it's your responsibility to A, listen, and B, respond. <laughs> and, and I wish I could say we're just bad at responding. We're actually bad at both. We're bad at listening and responding. But in order to determine whether we are growing spiritually, one of the greatest gauges is whether or not we can hear God. Right? There is a, there's a growth trajectory, right, as a Christian and believer. And it doesn't mean... Um, you know, you get saved and you need to be exactly at a certain place, know this many scriptures and you need to know uh, the Nicene Creed and memorize it and you should know all theology and everything within this amount of time. That's not how growth works in the kingdom of God, right? Uh, it really is a path and a journey and some of you are further along than others. Some of you are brand new to it. That's okay. But, but growth, spiritual growth should be a trajectory that keeps moving like this, Right? My little Declan, we just took him to his wellness, his most recent wellness check. And um, I'm obsessed with knowing how much he weighs, what his height is, you know, what is his head shape now, you know, like all these things. And the pediatrician, he, he, they, they do it, but they don't care about the numbers. They care about the track. There's a growth track. And if Declan is following this curve and if after every appointment he keeps going like this, that's all the doctor cares. The doctor doesn't even, I'll go, oh, how much does he weigh? He's like, oh, I, I don't know, but, but he's on the track. He's fine. And I was like, oh, yeah, I, okay, but how much? And the doctor's like, it doesn't matter, weirdo. <laughs> he's like, look at this. And they give you this chart. They print it out and they tell you, you know, the percentiles and all that. But what the doctor cares about and what's important in a baby's growth is that there's this curve and he's following the growth curve. 
It's the same for us in our spiritual walk. It doesn't matter what you know right now and what you don't know. Insofar as you're moving in the direction of growing towards the things that God has for you. You should look, sound, act, think more evolved and different than you did a year ago. You should, this summer, look a lot different now than you did over the summer. One, we're very pale. <laughs> Let's be honest. We're a little bit more fit. We're a little bit more tan in the summer. But don't worry, January, June's coming. You know what I'm saying? But no, we should look spiritually different. But it doesn't mean I have X, Y, and Z I have to accomplish. And this is, what, this is where Christians get messed up, really messed up is that we think that there's like this thing I've got to do. I got to, you know, check off this Bible reading pro and I got, uh, program and I got to do this many things and I have to be able to know this and I have to do, no, 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 no. Yeah. Are you moving in the direction that God has called you to? Are you growing in the knowledge of Jesus? Are you responding and listening and hearing and doing what God asks you to do? That, my friend, is growth spiritually. So Psalm 33 gives us a hint, though, at how we can hear the voice of God. And it first starts with this, believing that God speaks. You can't hear something if you don't believe it speaks. <laughs> like, how are you going to believe or hear a voice and respond to it if you don't actually believe God speaks? Some of you are like, yeah, man, the Bible's crazy. Crazy things happen in the Bible and it's left in the Bible. No, 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 no. God speaks the same today that he did through all of these scriptures. He's the same God. So it says, by the word of the Lord, the heavens and the earth were made by the breath of his mouth, all their hosts. What is this scripture? The psalmist is reminding us of the creation story in Genesis. When God created the heavens and the earth, how did he do it? He spoke. He spoke and there was light. He spoke and there was, there was trees and, and there, was, there was forests and there was animals and there was all these things and there were stars in the sky and there was a moon by night and a sun by day and all it required was God's speech. So Psalm 33 is mirroring this. It's echoing Genesis creation story by saying, okay, okay, okay. I know things look tough sometimes and I know that life is sometimes hard to navigate, but remember this, the heavens and the earth were created by the voice and the speech of God. And if you can believe that the heavens and the earth exist, if you can walk outside and you say, yep, there's snow, there's sky, I see some stars. There's a baby and there's poopy diapers. And there's birds that start chirping. I don't know why they chirp in the winter, but I heard them this morning. There, there, there's, there's mountains and there's snow on them sometimes. And there's, there's leaves that are still in our backyard that are on the ground. And then they magically appear on trees in the fall. Come on. When you can see this and know this, then you can believe that God speaks. Why? Because God spoke that into existence. And if you know he spoke that into existence, then you know he speaks to you. 
That's what Psalm 33 is trying to tell you. It is all about if God can speak by making heavens and earth, then he speaks to you in powerful ways today. It says, be in awe of him. Be in awe of how God speaks. And if you're in awe of the mountains and the sky, and come on, we live in beautiful Idaho. I, I, I think it's easy to picture the, the majesty and the beauty of God because we live in a really pretty state. If you live in Nebraska, I do not know how you can relate to the Bible. <laughs> we have mountains and we have trees and we have rivers, we have lakes, we have all these things. And every time I look at them, I'm in awe. Why? Because I know that God made those things. And if God made, made those things, according to the psalmist in Psalm 33, he's like, if you can be in awe of that, then you better know that the same God who made and created through a word will also speak to you. God speaks. You have to believe foundationally that God speaks, that God wants to speak, that he can speak, that he will speak, and that he is speaking today. And if you can start there, we can move from there. But if you can't come from that starting point, we have a problem. Because it's gonna be really hard when God does speak to you and he's trying to speak to you and he's speaking to everybody around you and you're sitting there and you've, you, have you ever done this? <laughs> no, no one here would ever. Uh, when you're like, God, tell me what to do. And he's like, I have been. <laughs> Your whole life. I've been saying the same things we are, you know? But when you can actually believe that God speaks, then when God does come, in miraculous ways to speak to you. You believe it and you can trust it as Pastor Rob was talking about. And then you can respond, but you first have to believe that the God of the, cre the creator of the world, God who created the heavens and the earth, he is no less powerful now than he was when he created the heavens and the earth. Come on, get that picture. He is no less powerful. When I read the Genesis narrative, I'm like, dang, God's powerful. And when I read Psalms, sometimes I'm like, woo. And when I read the Old Testament and then I go to Acts, I'm like, my God, God is powerful. But have you ever like had to check yourself and go, he, he's no less powerful now. But if I'm honest and I'll be transparent, I'll be honest. I struggle to believe that every single day. It's, it's just the, it's, it's the, it's the problem of our, of our modern world. It's the human condition that we're like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I, yeah, I know God's good. Yeah, and I know God heals people sometimes. And like, I know God, but healing should be normal. <laughs> Breakthroughs should be normal. People getting saved should be like, oh, no big deal. Like it's a big deal, but it should be happening all the time that we're like, oh my gosh, we're not shocked that you were the worst sinner of all time. And now you are the best saint in the church. <laughs> That should be our normal. But our normal is, oh God, I hope you, that you heal that person, but I'm not sure it's gonna happen. And man, I wanna tell that person about Jesus, but come on, there's no way they're gonna believe. And I wanna invite those people to church, but they're gonna think I'm weird. That's more our normal than trusting the all-powerful, almighty, magnificent God who created the heavens and the earth and who spoke 
And it was. And who speaks in your life, who speaks over you, who speaks in your heart and tells you the direction and the place that you need to go. We may know that God is the creator, but it's important that we trust that he is the creator who speaks. And he speaks to us today. See, God spoke and exists. The, the heavens and the earth, God speaks today and things exist in you. How do I know this, though, that, that God speaks and things happen? If, if, in fact, the Genesis narrative is true, if, in fact, the psalmist in Psalm 33 is building a really good case and a, and a good foundation about the, the speech of God and the power and the majesty of God, how do I know that God is today that same God that he was in the Genesis narrative, when he, the same God that was throughout the Old Testament that did crazy things like part the Red Sea? You know, like bring fire down and all sorts of crazy things are happening throughout the Bible. How do I know? Well, I'll give you some scripture. I'm gonna give you probably more scriptures than your little heart has negative thoughts towards, okay? (laughs) Hebrews 13, eight says what? It says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's Hebrews. James 1, seven says every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of lights, whom there is no variation or shadow due to change, meaning he doesn't change. Numbers 23, we'll take it back. You haven't read Numbers. You didn't know there was a good scripture in Numbers. God is not a man that he should lie or a son of man that he should change his mind. As he said, and will, and will he not do it? Or has he not spoken that he will not fulfill it? God doesn't change his mind. You change your mind. Can I just say this for a second? If God said something to you and then you deviate from it, I'm gonna say something really bold. You are out of God's will because God doesn't change his mind. God doesn't go, hey, I'm calling you into this, do this. And then three months later, like it got hard, didn't it? Okay, I'm gonna give you a new word. God doesn't do that because he doesn't change. Why does he not change? Because it's against his character. He can't do it. Even if God wanted to change, he couldn't change. Because it's against his his character to change. God doesn't lie. He does not change. Isaiah 40 says the grass withers and the flowers fade, but his word, my word, remains forever. Forever. Nothing remains forever. Nothing lasts forever, but the word of God does. So when God speaks something to you, it remains forever. Forever and ever and ever and ever. When God says, I love you with an everlasting love, that doesn't change. Yeah, but I've messed up a lot of times. I know, and he knows, but his love does not change for you. Well, I I keep deviating and I keep messing up. I, I know, he knows, we all know. But God's love never stops running after you. Why? Because he doesn't change. His word remains. Isaiah 40, or 2 Timothy 2, verse 13. If we are faithless, what happens? He remains faithful. But, he, but why? Because he cannot deny himself who he is. So God can't be anything other than faithful. So have you ever been, have you ever been faithless towards God? <laughs> yeah, thank you for the honesty. Come on. The rest of you are like, I, maybe. Like, you know, when I was 10. Yeah, right, like this morning. You know, come on. I've been faithless. God remains faithful. Why? Because he can't deny who he is. He's just faithful. 
He's just so dang faithful. When I mess up, when I exhaust probably everybody around me, guess what? God just keeps going, man, you got it. Come on. We're going to get there. Come on. I'm just going to keep telling you the same word that I've been saying for 20 years. One day you're going to get it because he's faithful. And Isaiah 40 verse 28 says, have you not known, have you not heard the Lord is the everlasting God, the creators of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. I'm going to tell you something, and this is going to be a word of refreshment to someone. God is not weary of you. Somebody listen to this. Come in, lean in. God is not weary of, he's not tired of you. He's not tired of you. You, you might tire other people out. <laughs> you, might, you might make some people weary in your life. We all have. God's not tired of you. You don't make him weary. You don't make him go, oh. Some of you have that picture, I think, of God. That when you do something and you mess up or you've deviated from God's will, that this is God. Uh, not again. Nope. That might be the rest of us. <laughs> not God. He doesn't get tired of you. How could God get tired of something he made? How could God get tired of something that Psalm says that he created in your mother's womb, that he designed so perfectly and intricately? How could a God get tired of that? I'll tell you, he doesn't. He does not get tired of you. He loves you with an everlasting love. So God, without a doubt, speaks. Without a doubt, God speaks. He spoke throughout all of human history and he continued to, continues to speak today. So the problem is not a speaking problem. It's not a speaking problem. It's a listening problem. God speaks, but do we listen? Do we hear? God is not the problem here. I am the problem. God speaks, but can I hear him? Do I know his voice? Do I recognize his voice? Do I even want to hear what he has to say? Because what God is speaking is important. And I know that he is. If I know that I know that I know that I know that I know. That I'm in a position that I can hear. But you have to believe tonight that God does speak. But you also have to know he doesn't speak the way you speak. God does not speak the way you speak. My sweet little Declan, I pray, I, I look, I long for the day that he understands what I'm saying when I say, nobody be gentle as he's ripping my hair out of my head. Like he's so, he's such a sweetheart and he loves hard, you know, and he just like comes in, he's like grabs my face and like he's been giving me hickeys on my chin. No lie. I asked my husband because he just, he's like trying to give me kisses and it's the cutest thing. And I'm like, ha ah, ha you know, and he's like pulling my, and literally he'll have a handful of my hair and I'm already shedding. You're, you lose so much hair after you have a baby. And I'm like, I can't lose anymore. I don't want to be bald. And I always am like gentle buddy. And I take his hand and I'm like, gentle, gentle. And then he looks at me and laughs or giggles and does it again. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I just want to have hair. I can't wait for the day that little Declan understands what I mean when I say gentle, don't pull my hair. Yeah, yeah. It's going to take a while. I realize that. <laughs> One day I'm going to be like, hey, baby, be gentle. And he's going to know what I mean. Yeah. Until that day, I'm going to te keep teaching him to be gentle. I'm going to keep saying the same thing. I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep saying it. I'm going to be like, okay, I'm going to take it. I would take his hand and I go like this, gentle, gentle. 
And then I'm like, don't pull mom's hair. And he just looks at me and laughs. He has no idea, you know what I'm saying? Like, we don't understand each other at all. But one day, he's gonna go, oh, I'm not supposed to pull mom's hair. And he's gonna understand it. But how is he gonna understand? Because I'm gonna keep telling him. And I'm gonna be patient. And hopefully my, all of my hair won't fall out in the process. This is how God is towards you. He's patient and long-suffering. He'll continue to tell you the same thing over and over and over again. And one day, it's gonna be crazy. You're gonna be sitting there in a normal day, normal experience, normal service. Maybe home, maybe work, maybe school. I don't know. You're gonna be somewhere. Maybe you're driving in traffic. I don't know. And God is gonna speak something that he's spoken to you for 20 years. Some of you aren't even 20, so maybe five. (laughs) Maybe a month. But he's going to speak something. You might not know he's been saying it to you for this long time, but you're going to catch it. And I can just see the delight in God. Like a mom or a dad who has said to his baby, like, okay, be gentle. Or please go to sleep and sleep the whole night, please. (laughs) And he does it one day in the name of Jesus. Tonight's the night. But the delight when your child hears you and understands. I now know what that's like as a mom, but I can't imagine what it would be like as God the Father who knows your beginning from your end, your end from the beginning. He's the one who created you. He knows where he's taking you. He knows the pain that you carry in your life. He knows the road ahead. He knows it all. He's the one who spoke and heavens and earth came to be and he spoke and breathe life into you and you are who you are and you're living and if you're living you have a purpose and you're here for a reason and God hasn't forgotten you and I can't even imagine the joy and the pleasure and the desire and the, and the delight of God when you hear when you can hear see God won't stop speaking to you even if you don't listen <sighs> come on somebody needs to hear that that's powerful That's a big theological statement, but it's true. God will not stop speaking, even if you don't listen. Because God is long-suffering, and he knows one day, one day, you're gonna hear. One day, you're gonna listen. And one day, you're gonna respond. John 21 has this interesting, and, and I'm about to close. The worship team can start coming up and getting ready for God to do whatever he wants to do. But John 21 has this, beautiful passage of scripture when Jesus is with the disciples and remember the disciples are a young bunch of sweethearts (laughs) young guys you know Peter was probably maybe 16 18 you know we look at we read it we think he's like in his 30s he's not he's probably Peter's the oldest and he's probably maybe 16 to 18 And and he's foolish like we'd all be foolish and whatever whatever but there's this interesting Story of this interesting, beautiful picture. Remember, they're making breakfast and they're eating and they're talking. And Jesus says this to Peter. He says, Peter, if you love me, let me read it. He says, when they'd finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Now, I'm gonna gonna show you something here in the scripture that's really interesting is in the Greek language, there's four different words for love. Um, In this text, we get two of them. Two, the two most probably familiar um, in, the, in the Greek language. 
Jesus, or Jesus is going to use agape. Agape in the Greek language is like an unconditional love. It's like committed love. It's like very, like I'm committed to you. Agape love. Agape love is, is something that God has for us and that God wants us to have when we have a relationship with him, that we have that kind of love for God and for other people. That's, it's an unconditional, it's, it's this crazy committed love. Then there's another word, phileo, which is where we get the word philanthropy where we get the, the city Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love comes from the Greek word phileo, which is, it's, an, it, it's, it's not just an attraction, but it's, it is a brotherly love or an affection for one another. Like It'd be like me saying, I really like you. Really, really like you, phileo. But agape is, I love you. I'm committed to you. Like come hell or high water, I'm with you. Phileo is like, I like you. You, you go do something crazy, I will keep liking you <laughs> from afar, right? So we have these different, these two different Greek words. It's interesting though. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna read this scripture with the Greek words and in, in, I'm, I'm gonna replace the English word with the Greek word, okay? So agape, unconditional, committed. Phileo, like, hey, brotherly love, like I got your back, I like you, but like it doesn't go further than that. So he said, when they'd finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you agape me more than these? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I phileo you. He said to him, well, then feed my sheep or feed my lambs, verse 16. He said to him a second time, Jesus comes to Simon Peter again and says, for a second time, Simon, son of John, do you agape me? Do you love me unconditionally? Do you, are you committed to me? Are you with me? Are you, are you going on this journey? Do you love me with an everlasting love like I love you? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know I phileo you. He said, tend to my sheep. Verse 17, he said to him the third time, Simon, son, son of John, do you phileo me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I phileo you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. See, Jesus kept speaking to Peter, but Peter couldn't hear. And the third time, Jesus does what Jesus does. And he adjusts and he comes down to Peter's level. And he goes, okay, do you phileo me? Jesus wanted Peter to come higher. Peter couldn't come higher. So Jesus comes and sits down next to Peter. How often have we asked God to come and sit by us when God has been calling us higher? How many things has God been so desperately trying to say to you? And you're like, yeah, God, I, I, I'll do, I'll go wherever you want me to go. I'll, I'll do whatever you wanna do. And then God says, do this. And you go, okay, I'm not gonna do it. And God sits next to you because he loves you with an everlasting love and he doesn't get tired of you. And he goes, okay, baby. We'll sit right here for a minute. But the next time you ask me, I'm gonna ask you to come higher. Next time you ask me after that, I'm gonna ask you to go higher. And the next time after that, I'm gonna call you higher until one day, baby, you go higher and you begin to hear the voice 
of the God who made the heavens and the earth and the one who has a plan and a purpose for your life that will shake the very ground that you walk on, that will change the trajectory of a generation, that will change the world. God did not create you to just be here. He created you to live on purpose, on mission. He has a plan for you. He has a desire for you. He does not call you to stay here. He has called you to go in the trajectory growth that he has lived, that he went to the cross to die so that you could live for, that you will in fact inherit the kingdom of God. Why? Because of Jesus. But you have to believe he speaks and you have to be ready to hear. And God's going to say some things to you. I know it because God, man, I'm telling you, God has told me things I don't like hearing. And I want to be like Peter and be like, yeah, I heard it. (laughs) I I promise you, I've delayed God's plans in my life because I I wanted to hear something else. Many times, many, many times. But you know when I've been the most fulfilled? And you know when I feel the most purpose and the sense of God's delight in my life and the grace? Have you ever felt like so much grace? There's like wind at your back and you barely have to move. You're just running. That's grace. That's when you listen to God, you respond and you do what he says to do. That's called obedience. Have you felt that before? And then have you felt other times where you feel like you're like running against the wind? Ever felt that one? That's called living outside of the grace. Why? Because God probably spoke something to me. I didn't want to hear it or I started in in it and I didn't like it. So I stepped out of it and now I'm like this. Let me, let me clarify something. Walking in the purposes of God is not always easy. So I'm not saying wind at my back feels like, woo! That's not, that's not what walking in the purposes of God feels like. You know what it feels like? Scary. Like, oh my gosh, it requires faith. Because if I'm doing what God's called me to do, I have to have God with me. But there's a wind at my back. And there's this sense that like, I can do it. It's scary and each step, I'm like, oh gosh, it's an exciting thing. But I know that God is with me. Why? Because he spoke it. God wants to speak, but he needs people to listen. And I believe tonight, God is speaking to some of you and wants to speak, not just tonight, every day. And it doesn't need to come just from a preacher. Let me tell you something, let me preface that. God can speak to you with or without me. Most of the most important moments of my life did not come from a prophetic word or a preacher saying it or a pastor saying it. Those are significant and those are wonderful. Those are confirmation. But the best, most significant moments of me hearing the voice of God was me hearing the voice of God. Maybe it came through his word. Maybe it was in a worship experience. Maybe it was in my car. Maybe it was when I was in my room, weeping on the floor, asking God to give me a word and to explain something to me and to speak to me and minister to me. And in those moments, God spoke. God wants to speak, but are you listening? Come on, would you stand with me tonight? I feel so strongly that God is calling this generation higher. This generation, you know, millennials and Gen Z get, you know, kind of a bad rap on things. I know, I know. And I probably add to it. 
I don't think there's a passion problem when it comes to this generation. I think this generation is passionate and I think this generation desires the things of God. I think where, where the gap is and where the difficulty comes for many of you to really follow hard after God and to follow into the plans and the purposes of God is this reason. You need to hear God and you don't hear him very well. And we're gonna keep talking practical. I'm gonna, we're gonna, the next couple of weeks, we're gonna flush, do you like this series so far? We're gonna flush it out. I'm gonna get real practical on things. That, that, there's a lot of things you gotta get rid of so that you can hear his voice. We're gonna get, we're gonna go there, but we can't get there until you believe he speaks. If, if, if you don't believe that, the rest of the series is pointless. You have to believe he speaks because God wants to do something in and through your life. God wants to show you who to marry. God wants to show you what kind of job. God wants to show you uh, uh, how to uh, uh, put a business plan together. God loves, delights in doing those things. God wants to tell you what to major in. God wants to show you uh, uh, what house to buy or what place not to go. And God wants, God does, ah, he wants to. He does. I've lived my life based upon the hearing of God's word in my life. I have not made a single step, crucial, important step, including who I married without God speaking to me. I didn't buy a house unless God spoke. I have not gone on trips without God speaking. Why? Because I wanna live within the framework of His wonderful, awe, incredible, majestic world that He speaks and leads and guides. There's no point in me preaching if God's not speaking. There's no point in me pastoring if God's not leading. Come on, we need to hear his voice. Come on. I, I believe there's people, I felt this strong earlier today when I was praying, that there are people in this room who, have, who made a very bad decision in their life outside of God's will and you knew it. God spoke something and you either didn't listen or you did the exact opposite and you've lived with shame for it for a very long time. Now, can I say something about altar calls? Altar calls um, are not magic. You've heard me say that before. We don't respond to an altar call because we think it's magic. We respond because I believe in repentance. The Bible says it over and over. Mark's gospel especially says, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. What is repentance? It's a turn of direction. Repentance means you turn away and you go the opposite way of where you're going. It means I stop, I, re I, I receive forgiveness from God because I've sinned, we've all sinned, and I'm gonna move back in the direction that God had for me. Altar calls are repentance. And we should repent every day. I mean, I, I have an altar in my car, in my house, in my office back there. I have an altar everywhere because I gotta repent every day probably for something. So. Well, I have these, we create this space in, in CYA and youth and corporate for response is what we call it. It's, it's, it's an opportunity to repent. It's not magic, it's your opportunity to repent. We all have fallen short of the grace and the glory of God, right? But I felt strongly that there were people who made a decision contrary to the will of God. God did speak and you did the opposite or you didn't listen and you've lived with shame for it. I'm not gonna have you close your, I'm just not in, I don't care anymore. I'm a mom that doesn't sleep. I don't have time for the bowing of heads and the closing of eyes anymore. We're just, we're just gonna get real with God. If that's you, I want you to come line up all across this front. Why, why, why am I doing that? Why are you, pastor, why are you embarrassing him? I'm not embarrassing him. You know what I'm doing? I'm, 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 I'm calling them out. 
of the shame. And I'm calling you higher. This is your Peter moment. Come on. I'm proud of you. Come on. This is courage. You made a decision, you did something, and God either said no, and you did it. Come on, my God, these men, look at all men. Look at these men, men of God. Come on. This is all, come on, men of God. You are a man of God, man of God, man of God. That is powerful. I'm not, I don't underestimate this moment. Look at, it's all men. Thank you for joining us today. To stay connected with our community, you can follow us at Capital Young Adults.